I went to an old girl's school. Mm-hmm. Turns out they were all fucking each other. Not all, but <laughs> I had no clue. Right. I didn't fucking know. So I figured out that I'm gay. Like, What's up, lovely human, and welcome to That's Exciting, the podcast. I'm your host, Yancy, and if you don't know who I am, I am someone who loves to learn about intimacy, relationships, and sexuality. Today, we are going to be talking about queerness, acceptance, and family. Fun fact, this was the first ever podcast episode recorded back in December 2021, where I went to New York and met with my cousin Nuki to record this episode, but also spend time with them because it's been pandemic, right? It has been a long time since I haven't seen my family. So I had the opportunity to do so and uh, I hopped on it. I remember meeting my cousin Nuki for the first time. I was uh, I was fairly young, like five or seven. And I remember being drawn to her authenticity. I was really drawn to her laid back attitude, her confidence and her blonde hair. She had platinum hair at one point. I loved it. Fast forward to Yancy being a teenager and trying to figure out what her sexuality is. So my cousin was actually the first person I ever told anything about. So the first person I ever opened up to in regards to this self-discovery journey. Before we hop on this episode, just a cordial trigger warning. There is mention of self-hate, suicide, and also coming out. So please just be mindful of your headspace as you are listening to this episode. So I flew to New York, sat down with my cousin Nuki, and we had a conversation because I was really curious of her experience as she's been a big part of my own coming out journey as well as my self-discovery journey path, however you want to call it. She's been a big role model for me um, during these years of trying to figure out who I am. I wanted to take a moment and connect with her and understand more about her journey and also just hang out with my cousin she's one of the people in my life that has this special place near my heart and i'm just super grateful that she accepted my invite to be on the podcast so today we talked about her dating era with aol chats her big u-haul lesbian move and also her coming out story to her mom and where she found her support so i really hope you enjoyed today's episode and just before we start I just want to say a huge shout out to my chosen family and all my queer friends. Just thank you for being in my life. On this note, enjoy today's episode. Hi, Nuki. Hello, Yangtze. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. The first question I ask people is, what are your sexual green flags? For the new listeners, sexual green flags are indicators that you'll have pleasurable, consensual, and safe sex expressions of femininity like i i mean i'm attracted to feminine women the curves the way Mm -hmm. they walk the way their backside looks you know (laughs) of course comfort being able to like talk to someone and and just laugh and and just being comfortable and being able to be yourself and and someone being attracted to you right right? being being attracted to the person that i am and the Mm -hmm. way that i present Right. Because it has to be a woman who's attracted to my kind of representation. Mm -hmm. Which would be? Which would be a woman who's masculine of center, right? 
but it's only fun if the other person is attracted and you feed off of each other. It's it's it, right. it goes back and forth. Have you ever felt that there's some women that are attracted to the masculine side of you without being attracted to you? You know, it's it's I'll have to remember because I have not been out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been in a committed partnership for 10, 11 years now. Mm-hmm. I think in the past. Yeah. There were people who were attracted to my physical representation, but were maybe not attracted to my personality or mm-hmm. thought that I was too soft or too gentle, which was weird. It's like they wanted me to be, I don't know how to say it, maybe meaner or not as, I I, I, I don't know. They wanted you to be toxic. They wanted to be toxic. Yeah. I remember I dated this girl who, she said that I was too corporate. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> What does that mean? What does that mean? Why? Because like, when is I it, go to work, I sit at a fucking desk. What do you want me to do? Is it career center? Is it? What does well, that what mean? What does that mean? You're you too know? corporate. I'm telling you. too corporate. I was too corporate. Like, I was like, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know what to do with that. Right. You know, do you want me to go outside and go shovel shit? I mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, at that point, I probably would have considered it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I did a lot of stuff for ass back then. What's the worst thing you did? What's the worst thing I did? Yeah. I mean, is California far enough? New York, Cali, 3,000 miles. Let's talk about (laughs) the Urban Dictionary word of the day. It's U-Haul lesbian. Thank you to Urban Dictionary for this definition. U-Haul lesbian. A U-Haul lesbian is a term for a lesbian who gets attached and move in together very quickly. The joke that goes along with the term is, what does a lesbian bring on a second date? A U-Haul. Was that a U-Haul lesbian moment? I'd say. Because I ended up moving there. Yeah. But in Was it for her or was it you wanted to go to Cali and she happened to live there? In hindsight, in hindsight, it was, I I think I was running. You know, I was hiding. You know, I was young. I wasn't really, I wasn't out to my family. I think it was just safe. You know, it's like 3,000 miles between me and everything that I'm afraid of, Mm -hmm. you know. So it was, that was part of it. Okay. But also it was like the challenge of it. Like she was, she was older. She was like, it's like, yeah, I'm doing this. But I was scared shit. I think most things in life are layered. So there were a lot of layers there. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a, I guess that was a big you all move. Okay. Only it happened with suitcases and, you know, plane ticket. Wow. And I didn't have much to put in a U-Haul. Yeah. So. Where'd you meet that person? Oh, this the, online. This was like, I mean, this is back. This is before your did time. You ad? Did you put the ad on No, Christmas? it wasn't. No, it wasn't an ad. I don't know. How the fuck did we meet? It was like a chat room. This is before your time. Yeah. We didn't have apps and shit. This yeah. Is, this is, you know, wild, wild west. The internet <laughs> just started, you know. Yeah. What's the, what's the website? People were still typing on keyboards and shit. We still type on keyboards. What do you mean? Do you? Yeah. You you guys, you know, oh, you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I don't remember. It must have been like an AOL chat room or something. Oh, shit. I think that's what it was. Okay. We probably were still using dial up back then. I don't know. What it might have been pre D. See, what is that? <laughs> uh, it was like pre DSL and shit. So were there like community chat rooms where you met people? Right. It was like community chat rooms. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's what it would be. Okay. And, um, and then you would like exchange pictures. You would like have to email your picture to someone. Wow. Yeah. It was like old school. Mm-hmm. And so you had to have photo shoots with your friends. Or Not photo you, shoots. No, but you know, like your friends taking your pictures and stuff. N- no, or, because you would have photos that were printed and you would scan them. And you would have your shit ready for when you met someone. 
You can email your pictures, you know, from your right. little disposable camera. Right. You go to the fucking Walgreens, the CVS, get them developed. Have you ever done a photo shoot sk- with friends? For, for no. That? No? No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't. No. No, it wasn't like glamour shots. Yeah. Oh, this is for. No. <laughs> that shit. I guess I was, I don't know. I was cute enough. Mm-hmm. So she saw your picture and she was like, wow. Yeah, she fucking had problems because she should have never. She was like 12 years older than me. And you were? I was 21. So she was 32. Yeah. That's a bit young. Like 21 is a bit young. It's so fucking young. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why is the next question? I mean, the sex was great, but. For her too? Like, because I'm like, uh, maybe that's her thing, right? So people that are not so experienced, that could be. How do you know I was inexperienced? I'm assuming. I mean, I was eager. I would, but I'm, I'm assuming. I had energy. Assuming. Maybe she would have with energy. Right. You know? Hmm. Fair. That's a fair point. Yeah. Right. I didn't take as many naps back then. <laughs> <laughs> when was the first time you met that person in real life? Because y'all chatted, oh, man, sent was, pictures. Now you're sending me back. I mean, it was kind of fast. A couple, a month, two. And did she go to you or did you go to no, her? No, I went to her for, for the first time. Were you nervous that she might say nope and turn you around? Okay. I was cute. Fuck that. <laughs> I was a total peacock. I was full of my shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, like I said, I was I was totally running away. I had um I had just spent some time abroad, mm-hmm. and I think I was just not ready to go back home. I was just like discovering yourself and just not just discover. I was just like not ready to be back into like the family dynamics. Into like I I w- I think I would have just done anything to not be there to not be there. The feeling like you want to run away, the, um, to escape, and to be a whole new person again. I definitely relate to what my cousin just said. And back in 2019, I did my big move. I bought a backpack and I left. I left to go to Europe. I wanted to be with myself after hitting one of the lowest points of my life. And... This doesn't go without acknowledgement. I was fortunate and privileged enough to be able to do so. And not everyone has that opportunity, which is why I wanted to take a little moment to talk about LGBTQ youth centers and also community groups. You can find them in person in your cities or also online. There's a huge LGBTQ community online, especially on TikTok. So I highly recommend you Googling LGBTQ youth center or community groups with LGBTQ in your city because you're definitely not alone and you definitely can find people who relate and who will accept you for who you are. So I highly recommend having a look at that to meet new people, to exchange, to talk to queer peers because that's important and also to have support and the power of representation goes a long way. So that's all I had to say for that. You grew up in Haiti. I grew up in Haiti. Did you knew back then you were into girls? I did not know. I did not know that I was into girls, but I knew that I was not into boys. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I didn't care. I was, I, but I didn't think about it much, Mm -hmm. you know? I, I guess there was so much else going on anyway. There wasn't time to really think about myself. I was living and I was, you know, I mean, I grew up in Haiti in the 80s, like mid 80s. You know, I was six when Jacques Duvalier left Haiti on 1986. So, you know, politically, there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Like from the time I was six, I was 14 when I left Haiti. I think we had like in the span of those eight years, we had like eight 
or nine different governments. You know, you can imagine, like, I never had a full year. I never had a year of school that was uninterrupted. Mm -hmm. Meaning there wasn't, like, some sort of upheaval, a coup d'etat, a shooting palais, caserne, like, whatever. Something was happening. Someone getting shot. And my dad was politically involved. So that had its own effect. Effect, stress. Stressors on family life. And then just personal dynamics between my parents and whatever else that means. So there weren't a lot of opportunities to really think about myself and what that meant, Mm -hmm. honestly. Also, I don't know how much you know about Haitian culture. There isn't a lot of room for girls to think of themselves as sexual beings. There really isn't, if you think about it, mm-hmm. right? You're young girls, you're little girls, you're little girls, you're young women, and then you're married. You there, there isn't, you're not raised to think of yourself as a sexual being. I don't know how they think that transition is supposed to happen. My granddad was talking to me about that. And if ever you're pregnant, you're ostracized. Right. If you, and you don't exist anymore. You don't exist anymore. You were studying to be a nurse. Great. <laughs> you're leaving. Right. You don't get your diploma, even if it's two months before final. It's right. Time. Then you're you're off to whatever another town or yeah. some aunt in some other town or some other you know whatever. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really time for me. I wasn't really thinking about that. Right. There was so much going on with yeah. life anyway. Mm-hmm. And us leaving Haiti was even that was also very dramatic. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really time, but it happened very fast. Did you leave because of what happened uh, politically? Yes. Okay. So it's like there was an embargo in June. Everything shut down. That was in 1994. And we literally went into like hiding for a couple of months. And it was like August, September. We're we're like driving to DR. We're in a plane. Like it happened really fast. It was almost like the stuff of movies, right? Right. And then we're in Queens starting all over. Who did you go to in Queens? We went to Tanshishi's house. So she was already there. Yeah, she's been there. Okay. Yeah, I've been there for decades. Okay. Because everyone in the family has been in the U.S. since the 70s, pretty much. Right. So you went to the, you came to the U.S. Mm -hmm. When did you come out to your parents or has it ever happened? Like, how was that experience? Horrible. (laughs) Um, I've never had the conversation with my dad, but I also barely talked to my dad. Mm -hmm. I finally, I came, if you want to call it coming out, to my mom So when I moved to California, Mm -hmm. when I wanted to come back to New York, Mm -hmm. I wrote her a letter, actually. And um, I left her the letter and then I flew back to Cali. Mm -hmm. And then she called me and she was hysterical crying. So the letter was apologetic. Mm -hmm. And um, do you think that apology came from being raised with religion in Haiti? I don't think I had religion in mind. I think I more had our family dynamics in mind. Okay. Wanting like my mom to be proud of me and to feel like she didn't fail because my mm-hmm. dad was always like really hard at her and kind of like shitty. So I didn't want her to feel like she was to blame or that she failed somehow. That's I, that's what the apology was about. My friend also came out and it was the same thing. So she's from Haiti as well. Uh-huh. And she came to Montreal to finish her studies after the earthquake in uh-huh. 2010. Oh, okay. And she lived with her aunt. When, when she came out, basically, her aunt said, you're telling your parents right now because that's not going to be on me. Right. 
Right. Because they would have blamed her aunt for her. Right, because like, oh, this happened on my watch. I'm not responsible. So the letter was very apologetic. It was very apologetic. And I I, I felt like I needed to do it just so that I could come home. And Mm -hmm. it was also on the heel of, I had a cousin on the other side of the family, not our side, who had committed suicide, who was gay, who lived in Haiti. And I think I was also sort of rattled by all of that. And I wanted to come home. And my, my relationship in Cali was shitty, emotionally, like abusive shitty and she just she was upset she was just why and you know and she just was she blaming herself did i do something um, is it my fault no it, it wasn't that evolved or that deep it was more like what are you doing to me like why what are you doing to oh i can't i can't and then it and then it went to i can't i can't talk to you and she just she didn't talk to me for months i would call she would hang on the phone she just didn't talk to me for months so that was hard. We only started talking again. I don't know how I finally got her on the phone. I think she needed something. And then and then that was it. And we never spoke about it again. You're in a partnership. How does that work? Does she know? Is she? We never spoke about it again. Does she know you're living she, with someone? She must. But we never spoke about it again. I okay. talk in front of her. I have, you know, like my cousins come over, my brother, like, every, mm-hmm. you know, everyone else that I'm close to, which which is something that I'm is becoming difficult for me personally, emotionally, you know, and is also starting to strain our relationship mm-hmm. because it's it's fractured. Right? right. It's like I have to be fractured. Like, I'm not a freaking puzzle. I'm not a right. I'm not an Take object that part today. Right. Put back right. Right. Which which is a lot. Mm hmm. It's not fun. But I don't know how to, I don't know how to bridge that gap. So after Callie, which was mm-hmm. a toxic relationship. Yeah. And then having that conversation on the phone with your mom. Uh-huh. Where did you get your support? Like, what did I, what what happened from there? What happened from there? What did I you think, get your support? Was it community? Did you find a chosen family? Or you had the family support? How did it happen? Definitely not family support. Well, there there is one cousin on my dad's side mm-hmm. who's also gay that I'm very close to. So I lean a lot. I was leaning a lot on that relationship. And then my friends, like, you know, a lot of queer people have what they call their chosen family or their family of choice. My best friend that I'm very close to and and other friends that are just like my tight knit circle, people that I call on. Mm -hmm. And over time, as I've become more comfortable, some of my cousins are now part of that circle. So they were not before, but they've They've right. Become. They've become part of that now. And now my brother and my sister-in-law, which is great. That's what I would say is my support system. It's my support system. Okay. It would be chosen family first. It definitely would be chosen family first. Okay. Because that's still my, um. it's still what I go for. It's, it's still my knee-jerk reaction because at first that's what I had. Mm-hmm. I think because of that interaction I had with my mother and also because culturally there isn't a space for Haitian gayness or queerness or any anything other than the heteronormative way of being. I don't think of my family when I'm in that space or if I ever needed to discuss anything that has to do with that. Mm -hmm. But also, I think as I'm getting older and because I'm in an established relationship, life sort of goes on. That's the only thing that I think now that I'm struggling with is my relationship with my mom, Mm -hmm. which is this weird thing. You think like you're getting older, you don't. But most recently, it's like something that I'm struggling with. So. I'll have to figure that out. The next chapter. Yeah. You found your community, so your chosen family. Was it in L.A.? Was it in New York? How did that New happen? York, definitely. New York. Yeah. I wasn't in L.A. I was in Northern California. Northern California. I was outside of um, San Francisco, Napa Valley, that area. There was no community there. 
How did you find your community in New York? A black queer community? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got in t- back in touch with... So when I was in school here, before I left, when I was in high school, college or whatever, I went to an old girls school. Mm-hmm. Turns out they were all fucking each other. Not all, but <laughs> <laughs> I had no clue. Right. I didn't fucking know. Right. So I figured out that I'm gay, like May of senior year in high school. So I miss all the fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the way I figured it out, I had this close friend of mine. There was this girl like who was a junior who started hanging out with us all the time. And I was like so fucking annoyed about this new friend she had. Um, and I was like, what the fuck? Why is this fucking junior around all the fucking time? You know? And then my friend was like really nervous and was like, Renee, I have something to tell you. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know. And it was like, do, 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 do. You know? She was always around. She was there. <laughs> you know? Computed. Everything computed. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I've had a crush on you this whole time. Like in my head, like I didn't tell her. But that's when I realized I had a crush on my friend this whole time and I hated that's this why you fucking idiot. That's why I was bothered by this <laughs> asshole. Because I had a crush on my friend. And that's how you found your community. No, no, <laughs> like, not quite yet. So fast forward when I'm coming back to Cal, coming back to New York from Cali. Yeah. I'm trolling the internet, whatever. I forget what platform I was on. There was an ad and there was someone's picture. And I was like, I know this girl. And it was this girl I went to high school with. Turns out this is my best friend now. You know, it was like a dating ad or was it like find your community type? No, it was like, it was, hey, it was put myself ad. out there. Hey, it was a dating ad. And then I was like, hey, what's, you know, and it was like that. We got back into touch okay and then she had friends and then we started all hanging out and then from there my circle expanded expanded nice. we joined meetup and that's how i met my current partner that's how you met like 10 years late 10 years after that or so it was through a meetup through a meetup yeah oh, through a book club wow it's like yeah i read books too who made the first move i mean i said hello first does that qualify as the first move who said hey i'm interested in you that's the first move renee i don't think anyone ever said that so how did it happen like how did y'all started to talk and we're like hey i think i'm interested okay so she like tricked me into our first date i mean she's a doer in the family right i'm the dreamer she's a doer um so i'm in love with old things haitian i'm a big fan of edwish danzika she's a haitian writer haitian american writer and edwish danzika was at the new york public library Mm -hmm. doing um she had some book that came out and she was at the new york public library doing a talk she was being interviewed it was like a whole thing okay so we were in this meetup group and the meetup group had a like an email list chat group thing like if you send a message everyone would see it so she sent a message saying oh i'm going to blah blah blah. is anyone interested knowing she was speaking directly to you knowing she she was talking huh. to your heart. She, she was, was talking, talking to my to heart. heart. <laughs> she was singing to me. She was just like, mm, let me just let me slide and just say hello. Right. This was before you would slide into DMs. She right. And she slid into the email group. <laughs> <laughs> she slid into the email group. Wow. So she slid to the email group and you and me. I'm like, dude, dude, I, oh, I, I want to go. Right. <laughs> right. Like, oh, I want to go. And I think I was like the only one who went. I think there was someone else there. But um, she probably emailed them. Said, oh, yeah, it's canceled. Right? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? But they were sitting somewhere and then she sat in the back somewhere. And then I saw her and I, I think we sat together. Hmm. And then we ended up talking and then we walked together to the train. And we had such a good time. And then we planned to go out to eat. Did she know she tricked you into it? Or is that I'm your I'm sure theory? she knew. Okay. I'm sure she knew. Yeah, we've spoken about it. You're like, I'm intelligent. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. 
Yeah. 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 What's your type? Uh, or do you have a type? I think I, well, I'm attracted to the expression of masculinity. I'm, oh, what is that? <laughs> it's a French term ah. to talk about um, masculine presenting gay women. Ah, okay. No, I mean, I don't know which letter I am. I don't know if I'm LGBT. Okay. No, I'm not T, but you know, I don't know which letter I am, but I know I'm attracted to the expression of masculinity. Okay. There's nothing more attractive to me than a masculine presenting woman. A nurturing masculine presenting woman? Nurturing. Okay. Yeah. And what, like, how do you like to be nurtured? I just hold me when I'm crying. <laughs> wow. How much crying are you I doing? I cry a lot. I cry. Do you? Yes. I cry a lot. Oh, God. I'm happy I cry. I see a puppy I cry. Oh, you're one of those. I'm one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I recently discovered that queer side of myself. Rediscovered it, I guess, because you were the first person I oh, said gosh, anything I about. Yo, what up? This is Yancey, your local crybaby for a little story time. <laughs> so my first kiss was with a girl. Actually, no, my first kisses were with girls. Um, so it was one girl and then I had another crush and then I kissed that girl. So, you know, and looking back, uh, if I'm completely honest, my crushes were mostly female. So this may be an indicator of something or not i don't know but hey i had to shut this part of myself until about like in high school um elementary school was not the best i would say high school either but yeah just in short there was a lot of rumors and i was labeled a lesbian i lost quite a few friends a lot of kids were mean a lot of kids were picking on me and i've got bullied for that I guess it's fair to say that I had to shut that part of myself down for survival because, you know, uh, yeah, not so great time. But around 14 or 15, I, I started to question myself again. And opening that part of myself up was frightening. But I summed up the courage. I summed up the courage to message my cousin and to talk about it. And I texted her and said, how do you know if you like girls? And well, the rest, let's find out. I remember, so, and I was like, oh gosh, they're gonna blame me for this. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what, fuck this. I, I was what, like 14 and I texted you. Were you that, no, you weren't that young. I was that Were young. Were you? I was that young, I was in high school. I remember. And I said, hey Nuki, how do you, how do you know if you like women? Like, how do you know if you like girls? Were you really that young? Yeah, I was that young. I don't think, you know, I think the thing is because you're so, which is stupid, right? right? I think because you're so much taller than me, uh-huh. And I oh, and because you almost drowned me when you were that age. I saved yeah, you. Yeah, I know. She almost drowned me. I saved you. No, you drown it's not saving if you almost drown someone and then you you stop drowning them. That's I, just stopping the I crime pushed, that you were committing. I just pushed her in the water and saved you because I didn't know you were not able to swim. But what we're saying about uh, Yeah, so <laughs> I think I forget how much younger you are. Yeah. I think I forget about our age difference. But anyway, so go ahead. Yeah, I was I was just trying to figure shit out. Ah, okay. And I asked you, hey, What did I say? You said, I mean, you know, you talk you talk to girls, you hang out, then you'll see, you'll figure it out. And then two days later I said, Yeah, nope. <laughs> I remember that. I was like, yeah. Okay, well, I guess you tried it. I, I'd be a baby gay because okay. to know that I'm I can be emotionally attracted to women, not just sexually. Okay. And to, because I think there's a difference. Like before, I was like, yeah, I can hang, I can hook up with a girl, but like I would never be in a relationship with a woman. 
right? Uh, I see what you mean. Right? So right. now it's like, okay, I've had that attraction to women mm-hmm. and I've discovered it. And yeah, I think, I don't know. Now th- that's the next layer. Like, yeah. Even, okay. So but, if we talk about the keyboard era versus my era that has no keyboard, as you would say. <laughs> swipe left, swipe. Yeah, we weren't swiping. I ran out the of The only thing I was swiping, you know. Is booties. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't, yeah. Yeah, I ran out of likes on my apps. Dating <laughs> in New York is great, though. Like, swiping in New York, there's so much. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I would have enjoyed that. You just sit beside me and judge the way I talk to people. That's fine. Oh, I'll give you pointers. The pointers were great because I really suck at just... Didn't anything come back? Uh, Yo, I almost had a date, but I responded too late. She said, do you have any plans tonight? And six hours later, I said, uh, no. No, you have you have to be on that phone. I don't, though. Yeah. But I do. If if I want to have a successful dating... Right. If I want to have a sex... A sexful... A sexual hookup. Yeah, York, a sexful hookup. A sexciting... A exciting, a exciting yes. hookup in New York. Yes. I have to be on the apps. You have to be but on the apps. For someone that uses keyboard versus someone that swipes, <laughs> uh, what would you say the differences are from the queer community from your era versus mine? The major difference is acceptance. I mean, I'm the era of when Ellen had to leave her show. Mm. That's when I was coming up. Like, oh my God, Ellen is gay. You guys are the era of this bitch is on TV dancing on, you know, <laughs> this happens on TV dancing, you know, mm-hmm. she's in trouble for being mean to people, not for being gay. Yeah, right. You, you know what I mean? Yes, there's still gay batch, queer batching and gay batching and um, trans people are still dying and, and queer people of color are still getting the brunt of attacks and the, the brunt of all of whatever's negative and the effects of our life mm-hmm. style, for the lack of a better word. But I think the, the needle has moved. You can be gay and get married. You, you have access to federal benefits. That's huge. That happened on my watch, right? You can be out at work. Those were not options for me. So I think that's the biggest difference. Is you, yeah, y'all have options. The options, the freedom to mm-hmm. <clears throat> to be out or to choose not to be out. Right. To... You have options. What would you tell younger queer people? It gets better. You're not the only one. The numbers are there. I, I don't know what the percentage is, but you're not the only one. That's what I would say. You are okay. That's maybe like the before I say it gets better. You are okay. There is anything wrong with you. You're not broken. What would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self to breathe and to breathe <laughs> and to just take take my time and to just be okay. That I'm okay and that I will be okay. I would have told my younger self to stay in New York. Thing is, like the steps in life or like the journey gets you to where you are. Yeah. Then again, maybe I wouldn't be who you are today. Exactly. What would you tell your younger self? Since you asked me. I would tell my younger self. The 14-year-old who was texting me. The 14-year-old that was texting you is you don't owe your identity to no one and you don't need no one to validate who you are. Because at a young age, I was looking for validation. Mm. That led me to a lot of toxic relationships. Hmm. Validation like? It stems from self-hate. There was a lot of self-hate from, and that's from bad experiences and bullying and all that thing and believing what people would tell me. So I thought I was... I was not deserving of accepting myself. I felt like shit. You felt like shit. I felt like shit. And I needed people to see me in order to see myself. Got it. Like, which can be really toxic when you're with the wrong people, right? Right. Bullies suck. It does suck. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it turned me. And girls can be girls can be mean. Uh, Girls are mean. It's not can be. They are. 
All right, let's clarify this general statement. No, I don't believe that every girl is mean, but I do believe that a lot of kids, regardless of their gender, are ruthless and mean growing up. And that's especially in high school. Teenagers full of hormones, fueled by having a sense of belonging, feeling accepted, and drama. I mean, yeah, this is a very simplistic way of looking at it, but I think there's some truth to it. So the desire to belong also can turn you into a bully. And bullying is one of those vicious cycles. And I can't sit here and act as if I wasn't part of this vicious cycle. So at one point, I also turned into a bully myself. All this to say that I don't believe every girl is mean. I just believe that kids growing up can be pretty mean and ruthless. It's a product of the patriarchy, right? Girls and women, adult women are also very mean because they're just wanting validation themselves. Mm -hmm. They want the boys to think they're cute. They want their husband to, you know, they want the man, they want the whatever to like, to think, oh, it's like this whole pick me thing. Oh, look, I'm okay, you know? And they just like shit on other girls or on other women or they, it sucks. It really sucks. But hey, we're here. We're here. We made it. I guess, right? We did. It's gonna be all right. Till then. Till then. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, gosh. I hate you for making me do this, but I love you nonetheless. I love you so much. That was the best Haitian love you. Right? <laughs> Put that one in the box. For later. That's all you get. That's all I get. That's I'm going to take it. I take what I get. That's all you get. That's it for today's episode. A big shout out to my cousin Nuki, a.k.a. Renee, for being a part of the podcast and sharing your experience. And... If you haven't been told today, there's nothing wrong with you for being queer. And if it's not your family, well, your chosen family will support you and love you with all their heart. It gets better. It gets better. And if you're struggling, just know that there's help and support out there for you. So I highly recommend looking up queer youth centers near you. And you can also find your community in person or online, which is how I'm in a lot of cool people. South Africa, the UK, the US. Like there's, you can find a lot of people online and you can build your own community and have people to talk to and also see people who look like you because representation does matter. I think it's only two years ago that I started to see queer people of color and that made a huge difference I saw myself and I have people that related to my experiences on a lot of levels so yeah and now is the time you've all been waiting for absolutely if you like what I'm doing and you want to further these conversations and have these conversations keep going rate the podcast five stars and also don't forget to leave a review because honestly this makes a difference into knowing that this is content that you like and knowing if I'm aiming in the right direction in regards to episode for the topics and the podcast itself and if you don't if you don't rate the podcast five stars you know what i'll do i'll go to your place and i'm gonna sing like i can be i can be really annoying story time i once had a sleepover with friends mind you i was 21 my friend almost kicked me out of her house my friend almost kicked me out of her house because i was too hyped she was also trying to sleep and i couldn't shut up so (laughs) That was a part of the reason why. But you know what? I'm going to go to your place and I'm just going to sing. I'm going to sing for 10 hours straight and say, please rate the podcast five stars to further these conversations. Woo!
what you gonna do you gonna please rate the podcast five stars because you wanna have this conversation hey <laughs> no i'm not gonna go sing at your place but i'm just gonna be really grateful first off you choosing to listen to my podcast means a lot already and just this extra help will let me know that yep this we're, we're doing something here we got something going on and let's keep it pushing let's keep doing amazing episodes like these for the betterment of society that was deep and on this deepness rate the podcast five stars leave a review and take care of yourself that's exciting yeah yeah before we leave on production team recording editing and sound design by yours truly myself yancy special thanks to jane p for her assistance on production the official that's exciting anthem by calder nash the amazing vocals on the track by mel pacifico that's all for today's episode and until next week stay curious because that's exciting Baby, come